Letter thirty three of Letters from Egypt by Lady Lucy Duff Gordon. Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. To Sir Alexander Duff Gordon, Luxor, February twenty sixth, eighteen sixty four. Dearest Alec, I have just received your letter of the third instance, and I am glad to get such good tidings. You would be amused to see Omar bring me a letter and sit down on the floor till I tell him the family news, and then, alhamdulillah, we are so pleased, and he goes off to his pots and pans again. Lord and Lady Spencer are here, and his sister, in two boats. The English milord, extinct on the continent, has revived in Egypt, and is greatly reverenced and usually much liked. These high English have mercy in their stomachs, said one of my last year's sailors, who came to kiss my hand, a pleasing fact in natural history. Fawahed Lord was little ragged Achmet's announcement of Lord Spencer. Here's a Lord. They are very pleasant people. I heard from Janet to-day of ice at Cairo and at Shubra and famine prices. I cannot attempt Cairo with meat at one shilling threepence a pound, and will e'en stay here and grill at Thebes. Mary, come up with your Thebes and savagery. What if we do wear ragged brown shirts? Tis manners maketh man, and we defy you to show better breeding. We are now in the full enjoyment of summer weather. There has been no cold for fully a fortnight, and I am getting better every day now. My cough has quite subsided, and the pain in the chest much diminished. If the heat does not overpower me, I feel sure it will be very healing to my lungs." I sit out on my glorious balcony and drink the air from early morning till noon, when the sun comes upon it and drives me under cover. The thermometer has stood at sixty-seven degrees for a fortnight or three weeks, rising sometimes to sixty-seven, but the people in the boats tell me it is still cold at night on the river. Up here, only a stone's throw from it, it is warm all night. I fear the loss of cattle has suspended irrigation to a fearful extent, and that the harvest of lower Egypt of all kinds will be sadly scanty. The disease has not spread above Minia, or very slightly, but of course cattle will rise in price here also. Already food is getting dearer here. Meat is four and a half piastres, seven pence, the rotil, a fraction less than a pound, and bread has risen considerably. I should say corn, for no bakers exist here. I pay a woman to grind and bake my wheat, which I buy, and delicious bread it is. It is impossible to say how, exactly, like the early parts of the Bible, every act of life is here, and how totally new it seems when one reads it here. Old Jacob's speech to Pharaoh really made me laugh, don't be shocked, because it is so exactly what a fellow says to a pasha. Few and evil have been the days, etc., Jacob being a most prosperous man, but it is manners to say all that, and I feel quite kindly to Jacob, whom I used to think ungrateful and discontented, and when I go to see the Omar's farm, does he not say that, take now fine meal and bake cakes quickly, and wants to kill a kid? Fatira, with plenty of butter, is what the three men who came to Abraham ate, and the way that Abraham's chief memluk, acting as vakil, manages Isaac's marriage with Rebekah. All the vulgarized associations with Puritanism and abominable little scripture tales and pictures peel off here, and the inimitably truthful representation of life and character, not a flattering one, certainly, comes out, and it feels like Homer. Joseph's tears and his love for his brother, born out of the same mother, is so perfect. Only one sees what a bad inferior race the Beni Israel were compared to the Beni Ishmael or to the Egyptians. 
Leviticus and Deuteronomy are so very heathenish compared to the law of the Koran, or to the early days of Abraham. Verily the ancient Jews were a foul nation, judging by the police regulations needful for them. Please don't make these remarks public, or I shall be burnt with Stanley and Colenso, unless I suffer Sheikh Yusuf to propose me El Islam. He and Monsieur de Rouget were here last evening, and we had an Arabic soiree. Monsieur de Rouget speaks admirably, quite like an alim, and it was charming to see Sheikh Yusuf's pretty look of grateful pleasure at finding himself treated like a gentleman and a scholar by two such eminent Europeans. For I, as a woman, am quite as surprising as even Monsieur de Rouget's knowledge of hieroglyphics and Arabic fossia. It is very interesting to see something of Arabs who have read and have the gentleman ideas. His brother, the imam, has lost his wife, he was married twenty-two years, and won't hear of taking another. I was struck with the sympathy he expressed with the English sultana, as all the uneducated people say, why doesn't she marry again? It is curious how refinement brings out the same feelings under all dispensations. I apologize to Yusuf for inadvertently returning the salam alaikum, peace be with thee, which he said to Omar, and which I, as an unbeliever, could not accept. He colored crimson, touched my hand and kissed his own, quite distressed lest the distinction might wound me. When I think of a young parsonic prig at home, I shudder at the difference. But Yusuf is superstitious. He told me how someone down the river cured his cattle with water poured over a mushaf, a copy of the Koran, and has hinted at writing out a chapter for me to wear as a hagab, an amulet for my health. He is interested in the antiquities and in Monsieur de Rouget's work, and is quite up to the connection between ancient Egypt and the books of Moses, exaggerating the importance of Saidna Musa, of course. If I go down to Cairo again, I will get letters to some of the alim there from Abid al-Waris, the imam here, and I shall see what no European but Lane has seen. I think things have altered since his day, and that men of that class would be less inaccessible than they were then, and then a woman who is old— Yusuf guessed me at sixty, and educated does not shock, and does not interest them. All the Europeans here are traders, and only speak the vulgarest language, and don't care to know Arab gentlemen. If they see anything above their servants, it is only Turks, or Arab merchants at times. Don't fancy that I can speak at all decently yet, but I understand a good deal, and stammer out a little. End of letter 33. Read by Sibella Denton. All LibriVox files are in the public domain. For more information, please visit LibriVox.org.